When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to CHGO White Sox postgame presented by PointsBet. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games. That means before this ad is over, you can place a live same game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out on your live second half over bet. So whether you're on the move or on the couch, do it live with PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code CHGO to get your first two Bets risk-free for up to $2,000. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Welcome in to Studio A and our CHGO West Loop offices. My name is Herb Lawrence. Usually I'm in that middle chair, but you see we're a little different here. I'm usually the community leader, but today I'm playing Sean Anderson, who is our CHGO host, but he's enjoying some well-deserved time off. On the left over there is always... Our CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber, doing hard work all the time. And Not all the time. All the time. <laughs> and in the middle, it's our guy. You know him as Matt Zawoski, a.k.a. Father Zoe, or just Zoe. Mm-hmm. It is my guy, Matt Zawoski. And yes, he is related to that other Zawoski. You guys are cousins, correct? Yes. And Matt Zawoski is from Pinwheels and Ivy. If you ever heard that show, it's a great podcast. It's with himself, uh, I don't know if K-Feds is still on it. Yeah, Feds is still there. And then Aldo Soto, great two Cub fans, one White Sox fan. And K-Feds kind of dabbles in the White Sox Twitter, too. So <laughs> I would say he's a half-and-half half White Sox-Cubs fan. So introduce yourself to the people here, Maddie, and uh, where they can find you on the Twitters. Uh, well, you can find me at Southside Zoe. Um, I think Herb covered it. My name's Matt Swaski, uh, host of the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. Uh, we go live every Wednesday night on the YouTubes. And uh, no, I'm just I'm glad we were able to uh, finally sync up and get here, sit here with you guys. Uh, fortunately, Sean's scared of a Rita man, so he went to Michigan. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. And uh, no, I, I wish it was uh, we could talk about a little bit of a better game. But happy to be here. As you alluded to, the White Sox lose this game ten to three to the Oakland Athletics thwarting them from sweeping out there in Oakland and... Preventing a vacuuming. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes, and that's what Vinny made up. The four-game sweep is a vacuuming. I like that. And a five-game sweep is a deep cleaning. It's a Stanley (laughs) Steamer-style deep cleaning. Which the White Sox don't have any more five-game sweeps or uh, series left. Cleveland Guardians have one next weekend against the Minnesota Twins, the weird-ass Minnesota Twins. So let's see if the Minnesota Twins can help us out like they did this past weekend as the White Sox, even though they win... Five of the seven games on the road still lose a little ground. Now they're two and a half games behind the Cleveland Guardians, but they've leaped over the Twins, who are now, I think, four games behind the first-place Guardians. So all in all, winning five games out of seven on the road is awesome. But we didn't come to here today to get beat by the Oakland Athletics. Even though you're winning three out of four on the road, it's hard to do. 
this game was just lifeless for the White Sox. And I don't know if they had a lack of focus or lack of energy. Sometimes you just don't play well. What would you see out there today from them, Vinny? Well, I'll tell you this. I think the Oakland A's might have been watching our pregame show. Because oh you went up and down that lineup and you were like, who the hell is this? Who the hell is this? And then I think every guy who we still have no idea who they are <laughs> blasted a double off the wall against Johnny Cueto. So, Herb, uh, White, Sox, uh, White Sox fans might want to put this one on you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen – Johnny Cueto, as consistent as can be all year long, six innings, three runs, it's like guaranteed. Boy, he was bad today. Uh, he did not pitch very well. He kept giving up a lot, balls that went a very long way all the way to the track out there uh, and sometimes beyond it there at the, uh, the lovely Oakland Coliseum. Uh, but, you know, the, the defense looked bad today, but I, I still think that, like, even if you clean all that defense up, the White Sox probably still lose this one by a significant margin just because the pitching wasn't there today. And it's a rarity. It's been a rarity not only for Johnny Cueto, but just in general with the pretty good season that the uh, White Sox starting rotation has turned in. Today was not one of those good days. And before we get to uh, your opinion, though, Brian Moylan says digging that single-A Sox cap up there. He's got the uh, the Canapolis Cannonballers up there, yeah. and he got a nice Dolly Parton T-shirt. And yeah. uh, Vinny will always rock on the T-shirts. Yep. What do you got today? I've got Dick Dale on, the king of the surf guitar. But uh, I'll tell you what, if my wife is watching this, she is going to side with, uh, with the Dolly Parton shirt, no doubt about it. All hail Queen Dolly. <laughs> so your thoughts on this game right here, Matt? It um, was just a tough game for the White Sox. Just uh, chalk it up, or is this actual uh, thing that thing to come for the White Sox losing the game versus the Oakland A's team, which you know it's nothing to nothing things, to look at twice. Things have been going too well as of late to just make this draw a bigger concern. I'm I'm leaning more towards chalk it up. Like you said, Johnny Cueto has been just the portrait of consistency for this team. I don't know, Vinny, what you saw, but we were watching the game, you know, before the show and. Johnny's velo seemed like it dipped a little bit today, like big time. Jason even brought it, or actually Gordon brought it up in the broadcast. Um, it seemed like hitting 90 was a chore. I don't know if that's something to look deeper into or if it's just one of those dead arm games that we hear so much about. Well, I'll just say this. I mean, there's something to be said about, you know, getting to this part of the season and yes. running out of gas. I mean, Johnny Cueto is a guy who's had some injury history in recent seasons, hasn't been able to log those big amounts of innings like he has in years past uh, throughout his very accomplished career. Uh, we saw it last year with guys like Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito, where you get to September, you get to the final weeks of the season, and you need to, and you need to blow because mm -hmm. Johnny Cueto's been eating innings better than anybody on this team all year yes. long. I mean, a, a few times going into the eighth, the ninth inning, uh, you know, a, a, a guy who has been consistently not just finishing six, but going into the seventh as well. I think that it could just be one of those times. And we saw him uh, give up a ton of runs against the Diamondbacks not long ago either. I think it could just be one of those situations where the guy's running out of gas a little bit. Maybe he needs a breather, or maybe this is just, you know, this happens and there's two more good ones, and then you have another one like this kind of thing. Um he has obviously been so consistent all year long that you are surprised when you see something like this out of this guy. But there's something to be said about, hey, man, it's a long season. It's a guy who is not necessarily prepared. I, mean, I shouldn't say not prepared, but, I mean, he, he didn't have spring training. He hasn't been, you know, doing this for as long as everybody else in this uh, rotation has been this year specifically. Joined it in the middle after some time in the minor leagues. Um, 
I'm not saying that, that it needs to be anything more than just chalk it up one bad game where, yeah. where, you're, where you run out of juice. But, you know, they have been uh, – the, the White Sox have been very vocal and uh, about being creative with skipping starts and getting guys rest when they need to. Perhaps this is a guy where they look to and say, all right, maybe down the stretch here we try to figure out a way with some of the off days, and they got a lot of them over yes. the next few weeks uh, where we can, uh, uh, you know, buy them an extra day or two. Let's go over the scoring recap is – we were feeling really good in that first inning after the Jose Abreu double to score Andrew Vaughn, who was low-flying around the bases. It's good to be back in the hometown, uh, Oakland slash San Francisco, the Bay Area, uh, is where Andrew was uh, born and raised in. Jose Abreu double, so we keep the, the juice going. We're like, okay, we're going to crush Cole Irvin, as we should. He's a high three ERA guy, lefty, which we used to kill. But no, the White Sox get out of that inning without another run scoring. And then this is the thing that frustrated me throughout the game. In the bottom of the first, Seth Brown, he doubles on a fly ball to center. And now it could be said that, you know, Adam was playing, Adam Ingles playing deep center field and took a false step back. And so it was hard for him to get to the ball. But the judgment on that play, you could kind of throw away. But that runner scores, and I have the expected batting average of that play in particular, like – these are multiple plays, and later on, Seth uh, Brown does a similar one. On that second one, that's the second one in the fourth inning, where Seth Brown comes up and hits a ball just over the shortstop slash in front of the left-hander's head, left fielder's head, and it drops in, and it's an expected batting average of .050. Like, it happened all day long. And the first one, I think, was a .125 expected a batting average. And it's just those plays are just killing the White Sox. And sometimes, like Johnny Cueto's up there, it, he just ran into bad luck. You, bad balls that were flo floating over White Sox heads. Do you feel anything about that first play with Seth Brown and Adam Engel hitting that ball really deep and then not really catching the ball after a false step back? Of course. I mean, we literally just talked about how you're at the end of the season. These pitch counts are more and more vital. You're making this very veteran player go out there and throw extra pitches. And I think they showed it real quick on the broadcast. They panned a giant, and he kind of threw his hands up, you know, amidst the 16-inch softball wad of gum in his mouth <laughs> and ran over to the other side. But he was just kind of like, oh, probably a lot of words that I don't want to say right. But You can cuss on here. Uh, you just gave me the green light, bud. Uh, <laughs> Not profusely. Yeah, uh, you got to sprinkle it in. Okay, fair go. enough. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he, I said when we were watching the game, I don't think Adam Ingle's been the same since Baltimore. And then to see him be a defensive specialist and make that read and come up that bad on that play, and it cost the runs. And then the play, the other play you were talking about, you can clearly on the broadcast see A.J. Pollock saying, I got it. I got it. I got it. And for some reason, Elvis, who has been great in the field, decided to run right in front of him, and then it just all went to shit. And then you're adding pitches to an old guy's arm. Yep. That's the bottom line for me. Uh, and you're giving, and you're, giving, uh, you're giving the team extra outs, too. Yep. I yes. mean, there, obviously there's no bigger example of that than Larry Garcia dropping the pop-up behind home plate oh boy. because the very next pitch is yes. hit out of the ballpark for, for a home run. Uh you know, in that situation, I think the game went there from five to two to seven to two. Larry yep. catches that ball. It's only a three-run game. All yes. of a sudden, it's a five-run game, and you're getting blown out. Um, obviously, that was a play that should be made 100 times out of 100. Adam Engel's got to make that play in center field, though. Yes. I mean, he's in there to make that play. Yep. I mean, he, he would not – the way that he is hit this year, which is – 
uh, obviously much different than what he showed the last couple of years when he kind of earned that all-around roster spot. Mm-hmm. Hasn't played out that way this year. And so he's got to show that glove, and he's got to show how great and and important he can be to a team as a defensive player. Uh, basically a defensive first or a defensive only guy right now with the way his season has gone offensively. So to have that play in Baltimore, obviously that was glaring and, and something that, you know, only happens one in a million to a right. guy like that. Now, we, it, you know, you don't want to say it happens again because this yeah. wasn't quite that easy of a play, but it was still one that Adam Angle with his prowess has to make. And, uh, you know, to keep giving extra outs to, to, to a team that's obviously rolling mm-hmm. uh, against your starting pitcher is not something that you want to do. That one in left field, very reminiscent of, the, of early in the season. Remember, yep. we talked yes. about those kind of plays back in April and May. I mean, you know, obviously they haven't completely gone away. The White Sox have been a pretty uh, poor defensive team all year, but... You know, and, and, you know, you bring up Elvis Andrews. I think some of the big moments might be coloring some of, you know, people's thoughts on that one. He's had his share of mistakes yes. in the field since he's come to the uh, come to the White Sox. Also, his share of really good plays yep. out there, too. But, um, you know, it, it's something that is consistent, for lack of a better word. You got Elvis and, and Leury converging there, two guys who have made some yep. defensive uh, mistakes very recently. And A.J. Pollock has obviously not been perfect in the outfield this year either. So, uh those things have to go away if you're going to win in October. Um, the White Sox are fortunate enough to play in a division where you could probably get away with with do it, playing like that and winning a division championship this year. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think, like, like, like you said at the beginning of the show, Matt, I, I don't think you can look at this game and say, oh, they're doomed in their, right. in their quest to chase down Cleveland. But once you get into the dance – you keep playing. I mean, right. this is a team that's going to want to win the World Series if they do win the division and make it into the playoffs. It's moments like that that make you believe that a playoff stay would, would perhaps not be a very long one. To the top of the fourth inning, and Jose Abreu leads off that inning getting hit by a pitch in the back knee. It looked a little painful initially. He was grimacing a little bit, but Jose will always take you know a little pain every once in a while, and he'll keep on playing. Jose's at first, and then you have Aloy Jimenez who rockets the ball to right field, and it goes over Ramon Laureano's head. And what I'm thinking, this is a double, no matter what. And then you remember that Ramon Laureano's got a cannon for an arm. The thing is, Aloy kind of Cadillac'd it out of the box, thinking it was gone. I mean, it would have been gone. We looked it up, 24 of the 30 MLB parks, but this is one of them, that it wouldn't have been gone. Kind of Cadillac'd it out of the box. And even still, he sees Ramon Laureano get the ball and then airmail the ball straight to third base at that point. When you see the ball not getting cut off and not thrown to the cutoff man, Aloy's got to be at second. These are the little things. The White Sox still play on the margins, even though they're hitting a lot more and they're getting a lot of runs this inning on this uh, weekend. They play on the margins, and they cannot have little things like that go wrong versus good teams. I know they're not playing a good team until they play one on Thursday versus the Cleveland Guardians, but you need to sync that stuff up. It's way too many times. And later in the game, he hit another double where he kind of cadillac out of the box, but he got to second. These little things are the difference between winning division and losing division, and I need them to be cleaned up, especially versus teams like the Oakland A's. Play your best ball. Well, I'll add some context to that, and I, I – Obviously, you're correct. Yeah. Uh, you should be expecting yeah. all of your professional athletes to be able to do to get to second base in that situation. That being said, Aloy Jimenez is dealing with some dif- different physical issues than than everybody else on this roster, and uh, he is one of those guys that they still advise to, you know, make sure you're not going to hurt yourself by running on those legs. We've seen it very recently within the last couple of weeks where he has 
missed a game. He has been, you know, he's been taken out of the lineup because his leg is bothering him. He's had to come out in the middle of the game. I'm obviously not saying that if he doesn't just run to second base that he's going to injure himself, but it is something that he has to think about that maybe he wouldn't have had to think about in years past. Um, He's also not the fleetest of foot. The White Sox have a few guys on the team who uh, fall into that category. Um, a throw, there may, there might have been a close play at second base. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not trying to defend uh, what you described accurately, I think, is not necessarily running at full speed. But I think there is some context that maybe adjust your expectations on what cert, on what him specifically, he specifically, is able to do or is being informed to do um, to make sure that he's in there to be able to hit those balls that rocket off the wall like he did a couple of times today. Oh, yeah. he's The bat is playing whatever Aloy did in his time off. Keep on doing. He looks like the player that we expected this year, especially the second half numbers have been phenomenal. But And he's been de- designating hitting. So I'm glad that he's doing this while he's being the DH because he can be comfortable in that position when he does that all the time next year as the White Sox need to s- strengthen up their defense. And Aloy's part of that defense where he needs to go back to not playing defense because he either gets hurt or has bad plays. But... I just, just need him to, like, have baseball IQ. Like, when you see the block, like, initially, yeah, hey, I can only go 75%. I'm good with that. Cool. But then the overthrow by Ramon Lariano is where I just, like, mm-hmm. ugh. Like, just heads up. Baseball, Cleveland Guardians would have taken that second base, no matter yes. who's at first base. We just have way too many of those players are just like, I'm just going to enjoy my single. I'm just going to be over here. Instead of taking the extra base, when the other team gives you the opportunity to take that extra base. And the thing, too, with that is if he does go to second, which he should have been at second, I don't know what Daryl Boston was doing either on that. That's Debo's job, you know, but he can only do so much he can't make him run. But if he goes to second, that changes the whole dynamic of the, inning. the rest of that inning now. You got a runner on second. I think there was – Runner on third, too. Runner on – yeah. So no outs. It's – as you just mentioned, and I couldn't agree with you more – it's little things like that that's the, divi- that's the difference between winning a division and having a decent year. You know, so that one kind of irked me a little bit, and he really – he cruised all the way. He even took the turn half-ass, and it's like, bud, like, you got to move, Eli. But I'm not going to complain. The bat's been hot. I love that he's settling in at the DH because there used to be an old narrative that he hated DHing, and it was like a thing against him. It. But it seems like he's embracing the role – Maybe someone finally got in his ear and was like, "We got these kids coming, man." Well, I, I honestly, I honestly think it's the it's the knee. I, okay. I mean, I honestly think it's the legs, and I think they probably told him, "Listen, you're not healthy enough to play the outfield on a consistent basis. Do you want to play every day? And if you do, then you're going to have to DH." That mm-hmm. that that just seems to be the reality because his his. Um, preference for, for playing the field rather than DHing is is based on a mindset it's based on him you know being more into the game being more involved with every play that happens when he's out there playing left field or I mean, this is not just an alloy thing I mean Jose Abreu has said the exact same thing when he's out there playing first base it allows him to be more focused and and in and feel involved on every play so when you come up to bat you haven't just been sitting around for an hour yep. waiting to waiting to get your turn um, he's obviously learning how to make it so that's not affecting his mindset at the plate. Mm-hmm. And it might be because he's been f- forced into it because of where his physical status is at the moment. And some might say it was academic if Aloy ran or not there to second because the next batter, A.J. Pollock, drives him, uh, Jose Abreu in with a sacrifice fly to left field. So he did a great job. And we were saying at the time, like, 
the least thing that AJ needs to do is strike out because that will set up that double play and the A's get out of the inning. We've seen it way too many times with the White Sox. But the inning that killed the White Sox is the bottom of the fifth. Something named Cody Thomas got a single to start the inning. <laughs> that guy was on base, I think, every time, time he came up, and yeah. he's just proving you wrong. He's there's lucky. a big, there's a big eight, glossy eight by ten picture of Herb Lawrence on a dartboard in the Oakland days. Uh, he just got words like, "Who are these guys? Yeah. These <laughs> guys stink." And they're taking off clothes on mine. Cody yeah. Thomas, not a raccoon. No, we found that out. Yeah. Or, a possum. Or, 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 possum. or a possum, or an ant, or any number of animals that might yeah. find their way into yeah. the Coliseum. So we, I missed that one. And then Kristen Pache hits a single. We're worried. I'm first and second. Nobody out. But I've seen this time and time again with Johnny Cueto. The Sox are winning 2-1 to one at that time. He's looking like he's cruising, but he's getting hit hard this whole inning. And so I'm thinking, okay, Johnny will find a way where he'll limit the damage, quell this, and then send the A's back with only one run. But then you get the Nick Allen sacrifice bunt. And you're like, why are you giving out outs when a man that's struggling? But mm-hmm. the player of the day came up to play up to the plate, and Tony Allen delivered the single and scored those scored a run. Pache goes to third. Then you have the machine, the machine with this double <laughs> right after that, and it was just like, oh God, Johnny's not going to get out of this without being unscathed. Subsequently, uh, Seth Murphy hits another double, scores machine, and then we get you the, are playing. You are playing just random name association with these A's. Yeah. I think we've gotten multiple first name, last name combos from you yeah. out of this I, one. Vimeel Machine. I don't want to say his name wrong. i got to get all You're ethnic. calling Sean Murphy, Seth Murphy. You're calling uh, uh, Tony Kemp, Tony Allen. It's uh, just it's just it's just magnetic poetry over okay. there on the uh, I, I was on the very fridge. confused for a minute. I was just, you were rolling though. I wasn't gonna mess with your flow. You were going, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, this is more of a state of the A's than it is a state of herb, to be quite honest. Then you get finally Johnny Cueto to get a pop out, and there's a lot of foul territory out there in Oakland, and he was right close to the uh, the A's dugout, and Lori Garcia underhands the ball, and the ball slips out of his glove. And as Vinny alluded to, the very next pitch, Ramon Lariano deposits that ball into the left center field bleachers. And those type of plays just kill you. As Vinny said, you get out of that inning with that catch, 5-2, to two, it's bad. But three runs is nothing. The White Sox, you've seen them come back from three runs in two the ninth ago. inning. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get that seventh run, I felt for all of us, it's like this game is over. Maybe the guys weren't motivated to win. You know, you already won three games, but, you know, it wasn't a great effort versus Cole Irving. That He only, I think he went seven innings pitch and four hits. A guy that's not that great as, as a starter, but the White Sox bats did not do well as we look at the uh, starters today. Uh, Johnny Cueto, a very unusual four and two-thirds, seven runs. Only five of those are earned because of the Larry Air. Eight hits, one walk, three Ks. And then Cole Irwin, seven innings, three runs, four hits, two walks, and five Ks. He was just making them look dumb and uh, slow. And I think Adam Ingles' bat through the zone is much slower, too. So it's mm-hmm. it was a lot of things that were kind of irritating me today. But ultimately, I'm going to look at this game and this series as a win because – the White Sox did what they had to do, winning two out of three in Seattle, winning their uh, fourth series in a row, well, fifth series in a row versus the Oakland A's, and coming back home as a victorious team. Now it's just tough to lose the last game. If they would have lost the first game and then won the last three, your perspective changes. But 
losing this last game just really hurts for the White Sox. And that after that fifth inning, I thought it was uh, cashed over. What did you feel after that fifth inning? Do you think the White Sox had anything in them to come back against Cole Irvin? It seems like a big theme this season with at least White Sox Twitter and the fans is um, body language of the players. You know, oh, they got energy. Oh, they don't got energy. After the Lurie dropped that ball and the home run, it kind of was just a, everything just felt very flat, very flat, very just, I don't know. It, it almost seemed like they were already picking out their meal for the plane ride. You know, they got the nice off day. They get out of Oakland, you know, always great. Everybody always, wants to always be out of Oakland. It's not always a bad great. thing to get out of Oakland and just losing the last game. I mean, they had a phenomenal, like a historic three games in Oakland hitting 20, 20 hits in two games, but and two separate games. And you still, you leave with that bad taste in your mouth. This was just a stinker. From start to finish, it seemed like I really thought they were going to get to Irvin. He was leaving so much up in the zone, like 84-mile-an-hour change. I thought, I thought a couple of those balls were going over the wall real easily, and I just – it just stunk. just felt bad. Yeah, I mean, and listen, even teams who are uh, on – you know, on a nice winning streak or in a winning stretch are, are going to have games like this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did we see uh, in the middle of the summer? The Dodgers, who uh, – clinched a playoff spot today uh, here in, on the 11th day of September. Uh, hmm. l- l- they were, what, swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates, I believe, yep. at one point earlier yep. in the summer. So uh, this is not something that should be looked at as terribly unusual or, um, uh, let's say, uh, a harbinger of doom or anything like that for these White Sox. But, of course, how many times do we see games like this from the White Sox earlier in the year? Mm-hmm. And, and to see uh, the last couple of weeks look a lot different to see something that then looks familiar is is uh, certainly uh, frustrating. Uh, that being said, listen, they've got a, a, a schedule where they're going to play a bad Colorado Rockies team for two games coming up here. Then they got Cleveland. Cleveland plays tomorrow, and I see people. I saw one person say in the comments, "Oh man, they're they you know they're they could be three game they could be three games out by the time tomorrow's over." And then somebody else followed up, uh, "Oh well, or they could be two games out." Yeah. Boom. Yep. So. It's uh, it, it that uh, anything anything uh, can happen here, obviously, and uh, to it's very very possible. Again, I'm who who's Cleveland playing the next three days? I don't even have the schedule up, but I it was Oakland, uh, the Los Angeles Angels, yeah, the Angels. Angels, okay, no Otani. The Angels are not very good, but it's very possible that the White Sox could go to Cleveland on Thursday and have a shot at getting into first place, and that uh, is. That yeah. is that that is something that I think nobody was going nobody would have expected. Twelve days ago, they yes. were six games out of first place. They were like, no. Nope. Um, and obviously, they're uh, you know today is not great. And as I just mentioned, things can wildly fluctuate from one day to the next. But it's there. It's there in front of them. Yeah. And I think that um, they've made it interesting at the very least. But I, I, it's it's there. And they've got four games left with Cleveland. They're not out by four games. They they those games right there could be the season. Uh, obviously, they play Minnesota a ton at the end of the year, as we as we often bring up. So mm-hmm. this can be a fun twenty one games, I think, because I I, I got to be honest with you, I don't see it really change uh, one team going pulling away, be it no. the White Sox or Cleveland at this point. So uh, listen, that's what Herb, that's what I that's what I wanted, right? Yeah, I wanted this to be fun coming down to the end, it and is. Uh, you Absolutely. got yourself a pennant race. Uh, as 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 ugly as today looked. Remember how great yesterday looked for the White Sox. Different day uh, can can bring anything, and so that uh, that's interesting. What to was see. that term you used? H- what of doom? A harbinger of doom. Great band name. 
It is a good band <laughs> name. Band That's name. true. Great. That's a very good name. point. Saw him play at the World in uh, 89. <laughs> um, K. Fids was the pop. Was the uh, Positivity man Cubs over there. Coming in with the positivity. That's uh, your partner, K. Fids, yes, right there, is. Kevin Fiddler. Uh, positivity live. only for the White Sox podcast right here. Let me tell you about Green Ridge Farms, guys. Green Ridge Farms is a local Chicago meat and cheese company offering you better all-natural options. Makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks, perfect for tailgating, happy hours, and school lunches. These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours, and we had them here after our tailgate versus, uh, was it the June 22nd versus the Blue Jays. We had them for weeks subsequent because they filled up a nice uh, protein. They have 16 grams of proteins per snack. Me, Steven, we would warm it up. Sometimes we'd eat it cold. They make a perfect post-workout snack, and that's what more of Steven's thing. He does. If he's here during the day, he's going to work out after. If he's here during night, he already worked out, and so he needs to grab himself a meat stick because they come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. If you haven't tried them out, those are cows straight from the Black Forest in Germany. Damn right. Wow. That's how the Green Ridge Farms rolls. These are delicious because they are made of recipes, generations making it all natural, and they deliver fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store. Right now, when you order any three meat products from GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farms, simply natural meat. Now I want to talk about something a little bit more, you know, serious. Tony LaRusso's health, him coming back to the Dave Stewart retirement ceremony, and him talking to the media that was there. Um, Daryl Van Scowen had a tweet earlier in the uh, before the game where he was saying that Tony LaRusso says that his status is quote-unquote uncertain said he doesn't want to be a distraction in any jokes. I think he was, at least as Daryl saying that. He won't be on the plane with the team if the Sox lose today. So the Sox did lose, and I'm sure, Vinny, I don't know if you heard the actual quote, but from your experience with Tony, do you think that man was joking there when he said he won't be on the team plane if they lose today? I'll put it this way. I think he was joking, but I think now that they did lose, he probably considered it. Yeah. Uh, because he is very superstitious. Uh, but, no, that was, a, that was a joke, I'm sure. Uh, certainly we, we got uh, a little bit of detail from the Associated Press, which reported uh, that Tony La Russa had a pacemaker put in. Uh, and now uh, you kind of understand, certainly, why – his doctors have not cleared him to go back to work. Absolutely. I think uh, no matter what line of work you're in, when you uh, are having health issues that uh, require that procedure to be done, um, you're probably not back on your feet within a couple of days, or back at work, I should say, within a couple of days. Obviously, Tony is back on his feet and was in Oakland today for uh, the, the number retirement ceremony uh, of one of his good buddies. But um, Listen, first and foremost, you, you want him to get better. And yep. uh, if get, him getting better means staying away from, from his managerial duties, then that's, that's what he's got to do. That's what the doctors say. Mm -hmm. Always listen to the doctors. Um, if they clear him here in the, sometime in the next three weeks, uh, then he'll be back in the dugout. And uh, certainly he will want to do that. As I keep bringing up, he is uh, you know, half-jokingly, half-serious. He is addicted to managing. Uh, and that is something that he's not going to, um, you know, willingly stop doing uh, if he has the 
uh, ability to do so. So, uh, listen, I think everybody's rooting for Tony to get better. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to bother with the conspiracy theories or anything like that. Uh, all you got to do is listen to his players talk about him, and, and whether it was Jose Abreu a few weeks ago talking about how much they love him in there, Lance Lynn talking about how they want to win these ball games for him. You know, he's been referred to as the leader, as important a player uh, or as important a person, I should say, as there is in that clubhouse. Take him at their word, and uh, and and this is a, a guy who has had received nothing but positive reviews from his teammates or from his players, uh, regardless of how the fan base has reacted. So um, I understand uh, the feelings out there and what they were before uh, these health issues came about for Tony. Um, but uh, go ahead and uh, uh, remember that there's that these guys are are more than just characters uh, in in the drama. They are uh, they are people too, and so obviously want them to get better. And uh, the tweet you're uh, referring to by Janie McCauley of AP, White Sox manager Tony La Russa confirms to me that he had a pacemaker pacemaker inserted for his heart. He is grateful for having undergone the relatively simple, quote-unquote, procedure, and he's coming along well, working to regain his strength. It's unclear if he'll be ready to manage again. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't tell exactly when he had this pacemaker inserted. I've heard different stories. I won't speculate but you know having a pacemaker is no joke mm-hmm. you know this guy needs to take care of his health no matter what and if games affect his overall attitude and we saw that one time where his uh, daughter was very worried about him in the post game where he had to pick up the phone eventually and just say hey I'll call you right back I'm in the middle of a press conference and then I know, think that was more joking that was more as he explained it was you know he knows that when when he she, she knows that when he loses he's not feeling great from an emotional standpoint. And so, yeah, and we heard that, you know, he left that game. You talked to him pregame that day versus the Kansas Kansas City Royals. He looked fine. Everything was fine. But knowing this information that he had a pacemaker inserted at some time makes it a little bit more, like, real. Like, mm-hmm. this guy is, you know, he's not in dire health, but he's not in the greatest health of having a pacemaker and as a 77-year-old and have baseball games and the results of the baseball games make him – anxious, mad, anything like that, that's probably not great for the heart. So, Well, just I, think about that lifestyle, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would imagine that most people, regardless of age, don't really want to be up until midnight every night if they could uh, oh. avoid it, you know? So uh, it's – it's it, and when you're someone who um, is as – you know, I've used the word addicted, but committed to it as Tony is, mm-hmm. that's a long day at the yard. That's uh, Those are odd hours. Obviously, he's been – accustomed to those odd hours for the majority of his adult life but um you know it's it's, i'm sure it's not a doctor recommended uh way to live to be a uh, manager of a major league baseball team he's not doing data entry he's not doing someone's taxes right you know he's a the manager of a major league baseball team in a major market in a division race in september like that is I'm getting stressed out just thinking about it, just talking about it on this show and other shows. I can only imagine being in the thick of things. He's got all this pressure on him. And as I mentioned in the, the pregame show, I live in the Twitter streets. You know, that's where my home is. And I've seen some really weird, off-putting comments from White Sox fans about it. And look, as a human being, just human to human, I hope he does a full recovery. Everything gets better. As a White Sox fan, I hope he doesn't come back. I'll just I'll say that. He's going to come back. But... I don't want to mix the two because, like you said, sometimes we forget that these people are actually human beings. And it, it bothers me sometimes when I see that stuff. And I don't know. I just 
I really hope Tony does well. He's got family, friends. I wish nothing but the best for him. But I also see this team rolling, and I just, I don't know. I think Tony has a lot to think about before he comes back. Let's put it this way. I think uh, Tony has a lot to think about in terms of listening to his doctors. Yes. That's what I would say. And yes. uh, uh, I, I get that you all, want, you all wanted him gone. Mm-hmm. White Sox fans, for the most part, from what I've seen, do not want him to be the manager of this team for baseball reasons. Yes. It's a fine opinion to have, but I would just say I don't think that there is a lot I don't think you can look at the last two weeks and say, oh, my God, they're playing so good because oh, they finally I got right. Oh, I definitely yeah. agree with you there. And so I don't think – and because of that, I don't think you can say, if he comes back, it's going to ruin what's going on. I think that like – I, like you said, I think there's two separate things. Mm-hmm. And um, he can – he can come back and they could keep playing the way they've played for the last two weeks. They could stop playing the way they've played for the last two weeks before or if he does not come back at all. Um, this is a, uh, a team, I think, that has been capable of playing like this all year long. Mm-hmm. And they looked up at the start of September and said, we better start getting on this because thank you, Cleveland and Minnesota. You have allowed us to remain in contention for everything we've wanted to do, yes. even though we've played so disappointedly. I think they looked up, they saw that. I think it's been a variety of reasons that they have been motivated or they have been jazzed up a bit to play the way they've played the last little bit. Uh, and it would be very interesting if they kept this energy and kept playing this way. Um, I think a lot of it is them, at least to hear from the players, kind of realizing who they were supposed to be. And maybe it's time that they start acting like it. It's what Rick Hahn asked for at the trade deadline after he failed to do much of anything at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. He's gotten it, albeit about a month after he <laughs> asked for it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's to me, you're seeing the capability of this team finally shining through. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to stick around forever. And certainly today was an example of how it can go yep. away for a day or, or, or perhaps longer. But I think the, the bottom line from the last two weeks is – this team finally kicked themselves in the ass a little bit mm-hmm. and said, it's time to go. And whether that's because they saw their manager abruptly leave due to health-related reasons, and, and that was a, a bit of a motivation, or whether it was because they just got a better gander at the standings, or whether it was, because, or whether it was complete coincidence that this is just the time that it happened. Um, for all those reasons and probably more, they figured it out. Now it's up to them to figure it out, uh, keep it figured out for the next three weeks. They had that big players-only meeting too, right? They did, and that, I think this is a thing that they they cited that as hopefully being a turning point. They did say at the time that it felt different. Mm-hmm. They they've had plenty of meetings this year, and right. I, I think yeah. uh, and I think that uh, they're used to them not working. Right. But in, in the moment, they talked about how different it felt, and certainly the results have have painted it that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they are on the same page, and they are realizing what they can do and. Uh, White Sox fans would have loved to see this in May. Yes. Um, but, yes. hey, it's, uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's, yeah. it's where you finish, right? Exactly. And so uh, I think they've finally figured something out here. I don't think Tony coming back would be a detriment to that. Um, in fact, the way they talk about him, it sounds like they would get a boost from seeing him come back. Uh, again, I'm not expecting to sell anybody uh, watching right. on this, but um, you know, I can only tell you what the, what the guys say. And so from my, from my standpoint, I think that Tony coming back uh, would not change what's going on. I don't think he is the reason him being gone is the reason that they have 
fared better over the last couple of weeks. And I agree with you, Vinny. I like I don't want Tony to be on this team, but if Tony wants to be the manager and he's cleared by his doctors, let him be on the team as the manager. The players, if they found something and if they anecdotally think that they're playing better without Tony, that's a that's a strike against them. They should always go out and give their best effort no matter what. So I'm not accusing them of that, but I'm saying, like, there's nothing that Tony doing uh, coming back will affect this team, and they won't score more runs because Tony's back or anything like that. Or fewer runs. Or fewer <laughs> runs. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I think that if Tony wants to come back and he's cleared and his health is good, Come on back, man. Come on back. No. And the team should be fine. I like I like you, Zoe. I want him eventually fired for baseball reasons. But yes. this is his job. This is his job. They're not if they're not gonna actually fire him and he still wants to manage, let him manage. And like Vinny, he's been in the clubhouse. Those players love him. Yep. Like they might say, you know, people might think differently, but Vinny's been there and he's heard the people say yeah, I love Tony. I mean, Pito was the leader of this team, and there's nothing but positivity coming from him. They love him. And so to get their leader back in Tony, get their leader back in Tim, get another guy in Luis Robert coming back, I think these guys will get a jolt and a boost uh, for having these guys back. And I don't think just his presence will cause this team to not hit anymore. If that was the problem, then they all need to check themselves. Well, don't you know, Herb, he's going to come in and turn off the – Home run switch. Yeah, it's like you guys. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah, enough. That's guys. enough of this. Unplug the yeah, home run yeah. machine. Only singles. Ground balls. Station only. to station. Everybody. <laughs> I gotta tell you about Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted to slim down a little bit. You know, I got uh, type two diabetes. I just need to have a little bit lower A one C. So uh, this is much better. Athletic Greens. I put it a scoop into a cup, and then I put ten ounces, and I shake it up. And then I put it into a blender and put them all together. So some fruit, some yogurt, some athletic greens. Mercy, I'll tell you what. It's a delicious flavor. It's a tropical flavor. Do you think the Hawkeroo drinks that? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Fantastic Mercy. There's nothing I love more than uh, Granger, Indiana, and uh, athletic greens. Mercy. Mercy. You think he just unscrews the top of the Smirnoff (laughs) bottle and just pours the athletic greens right in? (laughs) Mm. I'll tell you what. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods. I'll tell you yes. what, Wimpy, they got a lot of my money at Athletic Greens. <laughs> Probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, and your energy to recover, focus, and aging. All the things that make you healthy. And, yeah, of course, Hulk, uh, what is he, like 78? He wants this for anti-aging. Right now, it's a time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with this convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop of cup. I have a cup of water. I usually use 10 ounces. You can go from little as 8 to 12. I use like 10. It's a nice, perfect mix for me. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements that look that don't look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO. Socks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O socks, S-O-X, to take ownership over your own health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. 
<sighs> now that that is over. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that that took bad. it out of you, huh? No, I was more, more about the uh, Tony La Russa stuff and uh, looking forward to the White Sox next schedule to what's going on uh, soon. I don't know, Stephen. Uh, I didn't ask you for this, but the Sox next schedule is, uh, if you can pull that up. We got in, the Rockies next, but I'll pull that up in the meantime. Okay. It's K Fitz Rockies. He loves the. Uh, he loves. No, Ke- he loves one player on the Rockies. He loves Ke- uh, Chris Bryant, <laughs> He's a who big CJ Crone fan, big huh? CJ Crone, yeah, who fan. barely big. plays for the Rockies, and the White Sox playing the Rockies these next two days with the off day on Monday seems like a perfect opportunity for them to get two games in hand before they go to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. What I want to ask you guys: this Rocky series really, you know, I say these games are cashed. The White Sox should win these games, but the question we had last week was. Do you change the pitchers? Because right now, scheduled to pitch on that uh, Wednesday afternoon game is Dylan Cease. Scheduled to pitch on that Thursday afternoon game in Cleveland is Lucas Giolito. So with the importance of the Cleveland Guardian game, where you got to win all the rest of them that you have left over, the four you have left over as Cleveland has a 9-6 to lead on the White Sox on the season series, this year no tiebreakers, and the tiebreaker would be head-to-head matchups, winning all four of those games to give the White Sox the division or the series win over the Cleveland Guardians. Would you switch Giolito and Cease in their pitching performance, in their pitching gun starts right now? You would have to have Giolito move up to a four, four days rest and have Cease get six days rest there. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want Cease pitching against the Cleveland Guardians. I mean, Lucas has been better. He's been, I mean, he gave up, what, three against uh, Oakland on Friday? And it's funny how much, how quick people are to jump on, jump down Lucas's throat versus Johnny Cueto has a bad game today. And it's, oh, you know, it's just, just one bad game. Lucas, you know, he sneezes weird. And he's, Lucas is washed. He's toast. He's cooked. He's whatever. So, but at this time of the season, you know, it's, it's September in a divisional race. Guys are actually going to be a little uncomfortable. Now, I don't want them to get hurt, but the whole day's rest thing, I want Dylan Cease pitching against Cleveland, especially against Tristan McKenzie, who's been not great, but that guy can strike a lot of people out. If Coming. You, yeah, and uh, what's his nickname? Sticks. It's, I always remember it's like one of the most, Doctor Sticks. most appropriate nicknames. You know, but, yeah, I want – if it was – you know, when the White Sox call me like they usually do to ask about these type of things, uh, I'm going to let them know. I definitely think I'd rather have Cease pitching against Cleveland. When Katz picks up the phone in the yeah, dugout, yeah. it goes right to you. Right here, baby. Right to this pocket. <laughs> and Herb, I think it's actually going to be five days rest because of the off oh, yeah, day. The off day. day. So, yeah. yeah so, you're, so, Dylan, so, Dylan will have six days, and then Geely will have five days rest. Perfect. He can go out there and uh, dominate versus the guard or the Rockies. And K-Fed says these people have been hot as hell, have won four of their last five. Who cares? He's the Rockies. If you can't beat the Rockies, then you don't deserve to win the AL Central, especially at home. And I know the White Sox haven't played particularly well at home, but it's the Rockies out there. And who are they throwing on the bump versus them? Something it's named Chad Cool and Kyle Freeland. Ugh, ugh. Just terrible. Like pitchers the White Sox should tag. I'm Chad Cool is not good. I'm scared to say that after what we said about Oakland today. Yeah. Cole Irvin. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, that glossy 8 by 10 is yeah. going around. Yep. Vinny's going to go to the Rockies uh, clubhouse on uh, Tuesday. Like, this is a pitcher of Herb. It's like, I'm such a garbage. And then go out and crush us and pitch no hitters versus us. But these are the teams you got to beat. If you're going to go and, you know, go to the AL Central and win the division, 
the the Oakland Athletics are nothing to sneeze at, but you need to beat them and treat them as the White Sox did this season when they won, what, five games out of their seven they played. That's exactly what you should do to the team. A team that's really good in the Mariners, the White Sox won four out of the six games you played. They're playing better but baseball, but today's letdown kind of you know gives you a little pause. Like, we're not hitting again? Are we, are we doing this thing again? And, and kind of Friday's game, too, where they waited till the ninth inning to get some hits. So there's still those times where the White Sox don't put everything together. So I want the mentality of, fuck it. I want the mentality of this is a bum. We should stump on some throats. Yep. And I want the team and the, the people who are controlling it to know that having Lucas Giolito versus the Cleveland Guardians, while he might have a good record versus them, this game is vital. You need to have your best out there so they're not scoring as many runs as they, they should. And remember, the rain out that we're about to watch the game for was a Dylan C start, was going to be a Dylan C start. And these guys were scared of him. So they had the yep. they had no one taking the water off the field. It was wet <laughs> they forever. Put, they, they put the they put the plug in the bathtub to make sure it all backed up. It was wet forever and no rain. Like eventually there was no rain. It's like, why is the field still wet? It's ridiculous. It looked so, like Soldier Field. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Like I don't know how you cannot get a I mean, maybe we're spoiled because we have the godfather the sidefather with yep. us. Golden Rake Man. And Golden Rake Man, as Tony refers to him. And so when we see a field that drains well, you're like, okay. Cool. We just had a deluge in the Seattle game that Sean and I went to. Cool. We're playing the next inning, and it's dry now. Get some better uh, field people out there. Get some better uh, groundskeepers. Let's go. The worst part about that Cleveland rain out was the fact that the Cleveland Browns were playing at the same time, like under a mile away, and that, that game was on national TV. And so you would flip it on, and it's like sunny. These guys are running around, no water anywhere. And then you flip back to the – the Sox game, and it's just like a mini kid pool and the warning track. How is it? They're like five blocks away from each other. I even tweeted out, give me two pounds of quick dry and a 30 bracket of push <laughs> light. I'll have that fixed up in no time. Right, it's just that I know it. It's that a, sounds like you're just asking for beer is what that sounds like. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that too. 16-inch softball has taught me well on the south side on how oh, to use that quick dry. That's nice. And Vinny, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, you know, the, the guys are creatures of habits and they like to do, and Lucas does certain things on his preparation for his starts. Do you think it'll be too much of a disruption for either of the two guys to change days of their pitching? I, I don't think it would be because of the off day. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's going to happen just oh. because I think they've already announced that those two guys are starting mm -hmm. in that Colorado series. Um, it could still happen if they get home and have a, further conversation about it and say, oh, okay, yeah, why don't we do this? Um, here's what I will say. Every one of these games is a must-win game. Yes. And if you can, uh, if you, you know, I, I understand you're going head-to-head -head against Cleveland. It's important. We're, we're going to be, we're going to be doing a pregame and postgame show for that game on Thursday, and we're going to be up for it because it's an important game for the rest of the season. That being said, they need to beat Colorado. Yep. And so go out and have your pitchers beat all the teams on your schedule. You have to have the confidence to do that. You can't be like, oh, we got to dance around Lucas because Lucas isn't having the best season out there, or we have to blow everything up uh, in, in what we have planned because we need Cease to pitch two more times against the Cleveland and two more times against Minnesota. Uh, you you got to be in a position where you have confidence in all five of your starting pitchers. And I think the White Sox do. Certainly they should, the way that these guys have pitched for the most part this season. And – even if you're going to take the guy who's had the roughest go of it this year in Giolito, you know what he can do. You know what he's capable of doing uh, in a big moment. Um, to have Lucas on the hill in, in Cleveland I don't think is a bad thing. Yep. I think they can win that game. 
Uh, I don't think you need to rearrange everything for one game when you do have 21 left. You got to go win all 21 of them. At least that's the mindset you got to mm-hmm. have. They're not going to, but you got to go out with the mindset that you're going to win all 21 of them. It starts with Tuesday. And when you get to Wednesday, then it's Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and, and so to have Dylan Cease on the mound against the Rockies should go ahead and give you a ton of confidence that you're going to beat the Rockies on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You gotta win. You gotta win those games too, and uh, that's what I'll say about that. Uh, I, again, if they moved it around to have mm-hmm. Cease throw against the Guardians on Thursday, then great. You got a you got a great shot of beating the Guardians because Cease has a uh, gives you a great chance to win every time he goes out there. But I think you got to have confidence in all five, and uh, I think that's what the White Sox have right now. So just because you're in the locker room, you you know, Giolito seems like a very cerebral type guy, very in between the ears. Do you think it would send a message to him like, hey, man, we know you've had a rough year, but we want you on that bump in Cleveland? Like, do you think that could be a shot in the arm to him type deal? Absolutely. I mean, I don't think Lucas really needs any extra motivation. True. I think he's very disappointed with the way he's pitched most of this season, and I think that's his motivation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that he gets up for big games. And uh, if you go ahead and put him out there against Cleveland in when you're in a pennant race with this team – it's going to fire anybody up, and yep. I think that 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 takes the that get, you take the ball with motivation that you're going to go out there and put your team in the best chance to win. This isn't uh, this isn't April against Kansas City anymore. Right. This is September against the team you're chasing in the division. I think that's enough motivation right there, and certainly uh, you know the history he's had of succeeding in big moments like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, turns in another really good performance. You guys, got to tell you, points bet this football season. It's bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can take place of a live, uh, you can place a live stream, uh, same game parlay bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, cash out on a live second half over bet. With Pots Points Bet, you have access to more live football markets than ever before. Build the perf- perfect live same game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. Choose the outcome of the next drive. The next points with points bets, lightning bets. So whether you're on the move or on the couch, do it live on points bet. Download the points bet app now and save and sign up with the code CHGO to get your first two risk-free bets up to $2,000. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And I got to tell you about the guy behind um, Matt Zawaski is uh, Staley the Bear. Staley so, Dub Bear. Dub Bear, Bear. D-A Bear. And we're going to have a tailgate, guys. The Bears play Lovey Smith's Houston Texans on September 25th. It's a Very Sunday. excited to have some of those generically branded beers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beer. It just says there. beer. Beer. Toss beer. me a beer. Can you give me a beer? <laughs> I know Steven will be having those natter days out there. Damn right I will. And get nice and uh, sauced up. I can't do them anymore, as I already said. I have type 2 diabetes. Those natter days will send me to the moon. <laughs> Sunday, September 25th, the tailgate starts at 8 a.m. The All food and drinks are included, and you, what you need to do right now is go to allchgo.com, or if you're watching on YouTube right now, the link is in the description currently. So go there, click it. You'll find out all how to, how to get there and how to buy the tickets. There's one with just attendance to the tailgate. There's one with the tailgate and parking. So go to our Everbright page there and click on the link below in the YouTube section or allchgo.com. It's right below Jose Abreu. And well, that's Elvis Andres, but sure. Oh, it's Elvis Andres? It I is. didn't see it. Go up there. Oh, His yeah, it is Elvis Andres. covered up by the words. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah, so go there right now and 
go to our tailgate. I'll be out there. I don't know if Vinny's going to be out there. It's going to be an early Saturday or well, Sunday morning. It's real early, right? Yeah, because oh, yeah. we, we have a show that day we for do. the big Sox-Tigers game. But uh, I, you're correct. That's so early that we would probably be able to, to make an appearance. Oh, I'm going to – yeah, I'm going to go over here about 10 o'clock, get me a brew or two, something just called beer, chug a couple with the beer. people. Hey, if you guys want to lose to me like the last tailgate we had, somebody came up to me and said, like, hey, Herb, I think I could beat you in a chug contest. Ooh. He challenged – he lost. I witnessed that. You beat him by a lot, too. Yeah, he was, he was very conciliatory. He's like, hey, man, you're the best. I, I would never, ever <laughs> challenge you again. And it's like, hey, sometimes you fly too close to the sun, Icarus. Sometimes you're going to lose. And if you guys want to challenge me, remember, I have a show to do later on that day. So I can only do one or two. I, if I can or do, challenge him a few times, and maybe the show will oh, be extra entertaining. Woo, yeah, real friends. good show. Ooh, it'll be good times. Steven, what else do we got now? Oh, we got the new shirt, the Chicago football shirt. With this guy jumping over top of a Detroit player, so this guy, this, is our this eight, guy, this guy, this, this guy. Picture. I can't really say the name of the guy, but you know, if you're watching on YouTube, it's that guy, one of the best running backs in the history of football, jumping over. It looks like a Detroit Lion, as he should that be. That shirt because, is pretty sweet. Oh, it is pretty sweet. I see what you did there, <laughs> young Matt Zawoski. So we go to. CHGO locker right now, and that shirt will be available for you. After that great Bears victory, there's nothing better to do than celebrate with some delicious and great CHGO locker gear like I have on it's right delicious. now. delicious. Oh, it's so delicious. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this, my man. My, bra- Herb, 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 my brawler socks. I forgot which read he was doing. He was back on the meat stick. Back on the meat stick. <laughs> <laughs> we need some meat sticks. And we got our grill set up, so next time the meat sticks come in, I'm going to put them on the grill right there. That is all we have here for CHGO White Sox postgame. It was a great show. I loved it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. The White Sox did lose 10-3 to to the damn Oakland Athletics. But the next time we will talk to you, we're having off every Monday remaining in September because this is the clutch time. The White Sox don't have games on September on Mondays. We don't have shows in September and Monday. It means an extra pre and post. Yes. During the week. So we're going to be, we're shifting from Monday to Friday. Friday, yes. So the next time we'll see you, it'll be me and Sean here in studio and Vinny joining us in the post game from Guaranteed Rate after a White Sox winner. I'm guaranteeing it, damn it. Wow, Joe Namath. Yeah, Thank guaranteeing them they're beating Kyle Freeland or Chad Cool, whatever, whatever Chad Rocky's cool. pitching that day. <laughs> Chad Cool sounds like an 80s movie bad guy. Oh, man. <laughs> he just comes in and he's like, I can dive better than you. No, you can't. I'm better than you, Melon. <laughs> Sorry, I just did the whole, uh, what is that, back to school th- uh, theme right there. The Triple Lindy. Triple Lindy. Oh, so great. <laughs> yes. oh, just such a great guy. William Zapka is the ultimate bad guy in the 80s movies. He was in there and is in just one of the guys. Even though Daniel LaRusso was the bad guy in Karate Kid, Johnny Lawrence was a pretty smooth dude. He's my cousin, too. That over there to the left is Vinnie Duber. He's got a great shirt on. It's the, what is it, Daniel Dale? Dick Dale. Dick Dale. King of the surf guitar. That one? Mm-hmm. Okay. That, he is a CHGO that White That was Wipeout. That's different. That's the oh, Safaris. Damn it. Miserloo is Dick Dale. Can you do that one for me? Yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's, I can. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. No, yeah. You, but you're not? I can, but I won't. All right. That's the video where there you go. I've, I've heard of that one. He is the CHGO <laughs> White Sox beat reporter. He has a new article out right now on CHGO. Go there, allchgo.com. Check out what he has to say about the White Sox West Coast 
winning streak and the trips they took out there to Seattle and Oakland. Some good stuff also with some Tony LaRusa news in there. In the middle, it's our guy, Matt Zawaski, a.k.a. Father Zoe, a.k.a. Zoe. Join him and follow him on Twitter, at Southside Zoe. Follow Pinwheels and Ivy. Our guy, Kev- Kevin Fiddler, who was in the comments, K-Fids, has been joining us in the pre- and post-game. He's my guy. I love him. And he's on the show along with Aldo Soto, Aldo, former Chicago, and now lives in Arizona. Yep. K-Fids, like, lives in Vegas. This is a, it's a global show. Yeah. So many time zones. Yeah. Oh, my oh, goodness. It's a lot of fun scheduling stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. I've been on it a couple times. They've invited me. It's awesome to be on there. And check out their live show, Wednesdays at 7 o'clock or 8? 8. 8 o'clock. Because of the time zones. And yeah, because of the time zones. Yep. Yeah, because those two guys are out there in the Pacific slash Mountain time zone all yep. the time. My name is Herb Lawrence. I'm usually in the middle seat. I'm usually the CHGO community leader for the White Sox, but Sean Anderson's off. So next time you see us, it'll be Sean in this seat, me back in my middle seat, and we'll be talking about a White Sox-Rockies game. Thank you for joining us. Go Bears and go White Sox.